This is your Sporting Edge, 91.7 The Edge, WSUW, Whitewater. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. Are you ready to go out there and take what's yours? Yeah! What you worked hard for? Yeah! You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. When you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Any other questions? Ninety-one seven, The Edge, WSUW, Whitewater. Welcome into Hawk Talk on this Tuesday edition that got nicer as the day went on weather-wise. You know, it started off blizzardy, or this morning wasn't as bad, you know. And then it, the weather decided to get really bad. Uh, blizzard-like conditions, wind and everything. And then now it's fine. It's su- sunshine. I got sunshine. And a little bit of wind, too, but... Uh, beautiful voice there. Thank you, thank you. At the or was that sarcasm? I don't know. <laughs> never know. <laughs> See, what you didn't know was in my past life I was part of the Temptations. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that must have been an interesting life. Yeah, I don't tell a lot of people that. No. We're special. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, but but yeah, everything's going. Um, Hopefully everybody, if they're if they've been on the road today, Adrian, can you get the door? Like hopefully if everyone if everyone's been out, anyone's been on the road today, hopefully they've been driving uh, safely. I don't know how the roads are. I mean, some I, I believe the main roads have been plowed and salted, so hopefully that's all good. Finally. But uh, if you had to drive during, you know, when it's really bad, hopefully you got to your destination safely. And if you're still in a car now, stuck in traffic, or just driving someplace. Welcome. Thank you for listening. And if you're watching on UWWTV, just kicking it. Welcome. Thank you for kicking it with us. And let's get to introductions. Adrian, you're feeling a lot better, you said. Uh, welcome back. Uh, I'm glad you're feeling better because it was funny when you told me that you got sick and it was, sounded eerily like the same thing that I had, which put me like out for like forever. Like yeah. I think I'm just now finally feeling fine. <laughs> other than that, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great now. Last week was rough week. I've just been busy with school, and then that sickness just put it over the top. But I'm glad to be back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dan? I'm good. It's been a good day. It's been cold, but it's been good. That's good. That's good. Eric? I'm doing well. Oh, Uh, wait, wait. Which mic are you on? Is it six? There we are. Okay. I thought you were on five. Okay, there we are. Uh, yep, I'm doing well. Glad to be in Hawk Talk. You know, it was snowing a lot today. You know, I heard a lot of people thinking that spring was on the way in, but obviously that's not true because it's Wisconsin and it just happens to go that way. But other than that, I'm doing well and uh, just glad to be in Hawk Talk. Did you guys know that literally a week from now it's going to be like 65? Yep. It's, it's going to be 65. That's... This entire week's going to be like 20s, 30s, and next week we're toying with like 50s, and then 60. It's going to be a beautiful week next week. I can't wait. It's going to be a beautiful right. week, yeah, but man, I don't want to get sick again. I don't, but... I don't want to get sick again. 
but no, I'm doing all right today. Uh, I had I had work this morning, which was fine. Walking to work, I was walking uh, back. I was walking back from work, which was horrible because the wind was like blowing in like towards me. You know, walking towards the Wells Towers, and you know, so I'm walk, so I'm trying to walk like through. Uh, is what's it called? The Wyman Mall, uh, the the main little walkway. I think like, so. Is it the Wyman Mall? I'm I trying to walk the North Mall. North Mall. Okay. Because it's north. Look, I'm trying to visualize a map. Yeah, it, yeah, it is the North Mall. Oops. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm walking through the North Mall, and you know the the sidewalks aren't aren't shoved, aren't like plowed yet. You know, winds blowing in my face. Can't walk and everything. Impossible to breathe. I get back. Uh, get back to my room. I finally re- uh, relax, and then I realize, oh crap, class. So I'm doing the same thing again, but the wind was a little bit better because it was with it was uh, t- uh, on my back, but still. But they did a great job. Uh, Campus did a great job getting the sidewalks uh, cleared off and streets cleared off, and parking lots and everything. They did. They they acted quick. Obviously, they couldn't do it. You know when it was crazy bad. You know when it was, visibility was piss poor. But hey, they got they got it. So, I mean, props to the university for being uh, fast acting for that. You know because man, it was it was night and day <laughs> with how bad it was. One more time, the door, please, agent. But, uh, Eric, do you have the Warhawk Roundup? Yes, I do. Alrighty, are you all set? Yep. Let's do this. Alright, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there is nothing going on in the uh, world of sports for the Warhawks. But Friday the 4th, men's track in the UW-Platteville Last Chance Meet. Last Chance Meet. Women's track is in the uh, same Last Chance Meet. Obviously in Platteville, Wisconsin, I'll start at 4 p.m., Women's basketball versus Bluffton out of Ohio, and that'll be taking place in St. Louis, Missouri, at Washington University at 5:30 p.m. And gymnastics in the WIAC Conference and NCGA West Regional in La Crosse, Wisconsin, at 6 p.m. And then on to Saturday, men's and women's tracks in the Pointer Final Qualifier in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, that starts at 10:30 a.m. And men's tennis versus Gustavus Adolphus in West Bend, Wisconsin at 2 p.m. Nothing on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of next <laughs> week. So probably the shortest Warhawk Roundup in the history of Warhawk Roundups right there. Literally two days of action. I'm looking at the schedule right now, and when I say we have officially hit, like, a dead zone, we have, like, hit a massive dead zone of sports. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. But, uh, yeah, women's basketball got that uh, game Friday. You know, everyone, a couple people, you know, uh, that I've bumped into, like, even in, like, my dorm or somewhere else, like, I would mention, like, they would ask me, hey, how do you think the women's team did and everything? I was like, oh, we made the tournament. And everyone's just like, what? We made the tournament? I was like, yeah, I was just as shocked as you were. Apparently the team was, too. Which, again, as we were talking about yesterday, uh, yesterday on the show, if you have not seen the reaction video, go on the UW Whitewater women's basketball page watch that reaction video and tell me tell me to my face you did not smile at least once i dare you because that will like if you could be having a bad day and that's just the positivity in that video eric have, did, did you watch it yet yeah i saw it last night dan did you ever see it yeah or i heard it when you guys were playing in the office but did you see no, it no i did not see it there's yet. a different adrian have you seen it yet yeah the reaction video yep yeah it's pretty cool like Pretty great. Tell me it's not that is not like the most like 
happy. That's like that was not the happiest thing you've seen in a while, or one of the happier things. Yeah, you it was saw pretty yesterday. great. It's, a, it's an exciting moment. You get that opportunity. I mean, so good luck to good luck to the women's team this Friday. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about that more as the week goes on. But let's get down to business today, and we are already getting down to business, and we're eight minutes into the show. That's a record. But all right, so news came out yesterday, as it uh, from Stephen A. Smith, and as typical, apparently this year and really the past few years since ESPN rehired him, whenever he talks, things go down. <laughs> and what I mean by that is. A report came out yesterday that Stephen A. Smith said that Kyrie Irving, a point guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, for those who don't know, is reportedly unhappy. He is unhappy with the Cavaliers, with his time in Cleveland. He wants out, and he would prefer to be playing elsewhere. And it is also aided with the fact that uh, that report also yesterday was talking about how LeBron James and other people on the team were getting irritated because Kyrie Irving isn't, you know, taking a back seat from his scoring because we all know Kyrie Irving can score, but he's taking a back seat simply because, or they want him to take a back seat and just work on being a facilitator. And LeBron's getting mad because he has to be that facilitator, and he's essentially doing everything again when he has a team that he doesn't have to do everything, but he's doing everything and every and, every, and all of that. So that's going down, and then Kyrie Irving came out. Uh, and addressed it today. Uh, he's told uh, Chris uh, Fedor of Cleveland.com, he said, and I quote, there's nothing to really address. Obviously, there's going to be some misunderstandings. It's part of being on a team. For me, as a maturing young player in this league, I know what we, ha- I know what we have and the opportunity we have in order to be something special. My communication is open with all my teammates, just knowing what's going on and how I feel about things. And, you know, this, and like I said, this comes after a Stephen A. Smith's report, to which uh, Stephen A. Smith said yesterday, quote, dating back to last year, I've been told that Kyrie Irving ain't too happy being in Cleveland. I, leg- I, I, I kid you not. It says ain't too happy in Cleveland. Like, you, if anybody watching and listening thinks I'm just trying to, like, put some slang into it, no, I'm reading it verbatim. But I'll continue. The situation is not ideal for him. I don't know the particulars. I haven't spoken to him personally. It's something that I've been hearing for months, that under ideal circumstances, he would prefer to be someplace other than Cleveland. So, Eric, your reaction to Kyrie reportedly, allegedly being unhappy, he's obviously shot it down now, but your thoughts? Uh, My thoughts are that I think that Stephen A. Smith, whatever he's saying, is I think that's garbage. I personally don't believe it. I think Kyrie Irving is happy in Cleveland. Obviously, in the report, he didn't say if he was happy or unhappy in Cleveland, like in his reaction to whatever Stephen A. Smith said. But Stephen A. Smith has said multiple things before in situations like this, not necessarily saying that people are unhappy or something, but Stephen A. Smith may be saying that a certain player is going to sign somewhere and then that player coming out and saying that that's just absolutely ludicrous. I know something like that, ha- almost exactly like that happened uh, this past offseason for basketball. I think, I, th- I think you're talking about, was it Steven or was that Chris Broussard? Oh, yeah, Broussard, yeah, yeah. Because right. Broussard, Broussard is notorious for yeah, botching yeah, yeah. things like this. You're right. I was thinking of Chris Broussard of the other time, but I feel Stephen A. Smith, uh, to a point, can does the same thing. He, he gets 
these ideas. I don't necessarily know if Kyrie is happy or unhappy in Cleveland, but really I don't see from Kyrie or anything really why he would be unhappy in Cleveland, you know. His team was real bad while he was when he got drafted. LeBron came there and instantly went to the finals. I don't see how he could be unhappy with LeBron coming there, you know. And I'm assuming it's because LeBron is there is why Stephen A. Smith is saying he's unhappy in Cleveland because he can't be the number one person to go out and get buckets and stuff. But but he can still average a double-double easily. Exactly, that's the thing. So I don't think there's much validity to this. I think it's... I think I just don't think it's true at all. Because it doesn't even... It doesn't make sense to me why Kyrie Irving would be unhappy there. You know what I'm saying? Right. LeBron just brought him to the finals. And if Kyrie is healthy, you never know. Maybe they win that finals. And Kevin Love, so... My reaction is that I, I don't really uh, stand by what Stephen A. Smith said until I'll believe it when uh, I get an actual word from Kyrie Irving. Obviously, I'm not going to be talking to Kyrie Irving. <laughs> right. But when I when I hear Kyrie Irving say it, I'll believe it. But until then, I I don't believe that. Dan, what do you uh, think about all this? I, I'm kind of surprised by it because I feel like if he was unhappy, there'd definitely be a there would have been like trade rumors and and hear anything about trade rumors about Kyrie so I'm just kind of surprised about him that it's probably not true but he he might not be happy either because he didn't say he was happy in Cleveland during his uh speech yeah whatever he gave right Adrian Mm, I mean does it does it really matter I mean as long as he's getting his playing time and they're winning games isn't that what what he cares about the most, right? And here, so he, he's averaging. Okay, so we, th- in this month alone, in February or last month, I guess he averaged twenty three points and five assists per game, which is fine. But I mean, I mean, you're, he's gonna Irving's gonna get his eventually because I mean, yeah, it, the entire team, his, whoever you're playing, is gonna converge on LeBron eventually because we all know he's gonna get his. So Irving's gonna get his. But I think the issue is that. I guess according to other, I guess the Stephen A. Smith report and other uh, things that I read, the the thing that's kind of being a little bit as an irritant is that Kyrie's just just still going out and just he's playing like you know what he's trying to play like Westbrook was when Durant went down, but when he's got you know LeBron, LeBron right there. and Love and everybody right. So I mean. I mean, if he is unhappy, what what's it based on? That's right. what I want to think. You know, to feed off your guys' point, it's like he, he's he's not by himself anymore. This isn't just his team. Is that something he's got a he's had to adjust to? Where you know, this isn't the Kyrie Irving Cavs. This is LeBron James Cavs. But at the same time, it's like he has job security. Nobody's going to take his job. Mm-hmm. All right, he's got playing time. He's got wins. He's I mean, one of the best guards in the league. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see what there would be why, why there would be an issue. Um, I guess yeah. The only thing, the only issue I could see him having is that it's, it's not his team anymore. But I, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't care because I'm in a situation. I would, you're in a situation where you're the number one team in the East, and you are expected to represent the Eastern Conference in the finals. So. Yeah, my thing, my, I guess my reaction to this is really just going off of all of what all of us said, and that's just the only reason I can see him being unhappy is, okay, maybe because with the Cavs this year, 
you know, they'd have little slumps and everything, mini slumps, and then it'll be a massive team meeting, and then they come out, be world beaters, and then you don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if it's just the paranoia of Toronto breathing down their neck all of a sudden. I don't know what's causing this unhappiness. I'm not sure. But he comes into the league, right? And Cleveland's awful. He literally comes into the league, what, two years after or how many, what, a year or two after LeBron just left? Like, LeBron left, the Cavs sucked, the Cavs ended up uh, drafting Kyrie Irving in that following draft. So he's been on horrible Cavs teams, never got anywhere close to the postseason, not even remotely close to an eight seed, not once. LeBron comes back to town, the prodigal son returns, everybody goes to Cleveland. You know, when Kyrie Irving finally has a chance, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, he has a chance to just play. (coughs) He doesn't have to put the entire team on his back like he had to, like in previous years, because let's be real, before LeBron and everybody came to Cleveland, Kyrie Irving was the Cavaliers. Like, I don't care. Like, yes, they still had Anderson Vergeau, and they had a couple other people bounce in and out in Cleveland, but Kyrie Irving was the Cavaliers before LeBron went back. So Plus that summer, um, with the with the brand-new team, he got a fresh new contract. Exactly. Five years, $90 million, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> like the, the problem? Like the guy, exactly. <laughs> like Le- LeBron came to town and he got paid, all within the same calendar year. I don't know what so, you would be, you know, unhappy about. So I, I, I don't buy this. I don't buy this off the sole fact that what does he have to be mad about? And I kind of agree with really all you guys. If the only reason, the only reason I could possibly see him being mad about is because it's not his team. And if that's the case, he just needs. He even said it. He's a maturing young player. He needs to speed up that maturing process and grow up if this if it's he's mad about it not being his team. Because you mean to tell me I'm one of the best guards in the league. I I have one of the some of the best handles. I can shoot the ball, I can drive, I can pass the ball with my eyes closed anywhere on the court and pick up an assist. Now you tell me I got LeBron James. Now you tell me I got Kevin Love and I got J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert on the wings. And when I'm when I get tired, or even sometimes if I if a coach Blatt, or now in the case, in this case, Coach Tyron Lue wants to mix it up. He could toss out Della Vadova out there too with me. My mouth would be shut right now. You mean to tell me all I got to do is just average what? Maybe 15, 20 points per game and just kick it out? And I know at some point I'm going to be wide open on the three-point line because everyone's going to converge down low on, on Kevin Love or the or it's going to basically be five-on-one defense on LeBron? Like, he has no reason to be unhappy. Like, I don't know if it's the fact that he's just been frustrated at himself because he's been injured any time Cleveland would start to get on a roll. I don't know if he's frustrated because everybody in Cleveland's been frustrated this season for whatever reason. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's mad because they're not world beaters. I don't know if it's because the Warriors are doing what they're doing. I don't I don't know. But I can't seem to find a reason why he would be mad. Other than the fact that he's just that he's just taking out frustration of this season, even though they're a one seed, but they're taking out frustration. But he's frustrated about how the season's gone, going, and everything like that. And now they have the Toronto Raptors basically banging on the door, like if they slip up anymore, Toronto can mess around and be a one seed. So yeah, but that that's that's as far as they'll go. That's as far as that's as that's as far as they'll go, right? But I mean, like I said, I can't. I'm having a very hard time trying to figure out why he'd be unhappy. 
I don't get it. Like, I saw the report yesterday, and even my res- response then was just like, I don't get it. What's there to be happy for? You can just go out there, play your game, and be a true point guard. You can be a true point guard. Get yours when you need to, and dish the ball out. So I don't know if it's the fact that, like I said, it could be the fact that he doesn't can't dominate the team anymore, but you don't have to anymore. You have the best player in the world on your team. You don't have to dominate games. You don't have to take it upon yourself. Now, if LeBron's struggling, Kevin Love is struggling, then you're the last hope, obviously. But there's got to be some other reason why he's upset. I don't know if this is just like a mid, like a mid-season story to talk about. You know, something else to like get the Cavs back into the news. I don't know. Maybe he was unhappy last year because everybody in Cleveland was unhappy last year because they didn't really click until the end of the season. Then they became world beaters. Then everybody decided to drop like flies with injury. And then you fire your coach mid-season. And then you fire your coach mid-season, right? And then you sign your interim to a three-year extension. That would be frustrating, right? So. I don't know. It's got to be frustrations boiling over because I can't possibly find another way why he'd be ticked off. And if somebody else could find a way that he's mad on Cleveland, send in a text or call us here at the studio two six two four seven two one three one two. Again two six two four seven two one three one two. But someone's got to. There's got to be some more answers to this. I don't know because there, there's no. He has no reason to be mad right yeah, now. Yeah, really, the only thing I could think of him being mad at is the way the Cavs have handled the coaching, like uh, firing David Blatt and then hiring Tyron Lue to three-year extension. I feel like that's the only, the only real thing that players on the Cavs could be upset about. And that doesn't necessarily make them unhappy. They exactly. Just make them frustrated. Exactly. Yeah. So. Because I'm sure most of them, they're, they're all confident that Tyron Lue is a good coach and stuff like that just because he's been in their their, um, system. their system, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I th- that's why I just think the, the whole idea of Kyrie being unhappy in Cleveland is just ridiculous. Like, does anybody else have any possible idea? Is there anything else? I mean, because it's Cleveland? Because it's the weather's horrible in Cleveland. I don't know. And hypo- and hypothetically speaking, where I mean, who who wouldn't take him? That's a dumb question. But why would Cleveland get rid of him? That, unless he's like, unless he's becoming a locker room just cancer. He's not. He can. It's not. It's not like he can go go to Dan Gilbert or who's who's a GM, David Griffin knock on their door and be like, yo, trade me. They're going to look him in the face like, ha, go back to the locker room. Yeah. We'll see you at the game tomorrow. I mean, I haven't heard any reports, but maybe he's he he's not, like, meshing with LeBron. Because like, LeBron is, is a facilitator. He's basically the coach of that team. And whatever LeBron says goes. But LeBron doesn't have to be the facilitator. He's, like, he's forced to be a facilitator because Kyrie isn't doing it anymore for whatever reason. Kyrie Irving has never been that great a facilitator. He's always his entire career been a score for first, score first point guard. I but think. he's had nobody in Cleveland. But I feel like LeBron just naturally facilitates. Yeah, he that's does. just what he does. Mm-hmm. Like right, he did it in Miami and he does it now. He did it in Cleveland his first stint. Yeah, I mean he's never really had like like you know far and above like far and above coaches that'll 
just take over a game. Exactly. Eric Spolster was decent. He's probably the best coach that he's had. But as soon as he got here with Blatt, he was he was the guy. LeBron was the man. He was the coach. He's facilitating all the plays on the floor. He's communicating with all his teammates. And maybe that just doesn't sit well with Kyrie, and he doesn't say anything about it. He just plays. I mean, this is all assumptions. So, but that that could be it. Like, he just, just doesn't want LeBron to just tell him what to do all the time. Like, some sort of immature, like, smug, I'm too good for this. I'm Kyrie Irving. That could be it. But then we asked. But then we have to ask the question: Has he does does he deserve that right to basically like shrug off a LeBron James? Like screw you, dude! He's what a, are you talking about? He's a really good point guard. Yes, I mean really good. Yeah, he is. A, he's easily one of the top five guards in the enti- point guards in the entire league. But again, like we said earlier, LeBron. That's LeBron's team. So, no, to answer your question, no. Right. I mean. I would answer no because I don't care how good. The only other person in the league who I could think of look at LeBron and be like, forget you, Steph Curry, but he doesn't have, but, he, but he'd never do it. And that's simply because Steph Curry could just say, like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. I'm going to shoot it from right there. Watch me make it. Because Steph Curry has this ability to just take over a game. and just You could blink. It's like, oh, crap, game tied. Right, okay, never mind. You were just down by 10. But he would never do that. He's the only other person in the league. Maybe Tim Duncan, because Tim Duncan's just like, not because Tim Duncan would say anything, because Tim Duncan would just give him just that, that just stare, just like stare into his soul. You know what I'm talking about? That just that Tim Duncan look where he just like stares into his soul. And LeBron would be like, okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, man. Just go ahead. Go ahead. I, w- I won't do that. But. There's no reason why Kyrie should be upset. I'm having a really hard time finding a reason for Kyrie to be upset. I hope another report comes out to explain why Kyrie Irving was reportedly upset. Like, I want a report explaining the initial report because I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, did LeBron LeBron make him mad? Is Kevin Love getting too much hype because he's the third wheel? And Kyrie's like, hello, second, second in command here. I don't know. I really don't know at all but real quick Cleveland do they hang on to the one seed yes yeah yeah I think so I don't see why they wouldn't Toronto's getting there yeah and everybody else in the east is slowly picking it up now I don't really think Toronto's all that great though to be honest I think yeah you can only be so good staring Luis Scola at power forward yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's true (laughs) Like and that's the truth. I mean, they can have a. I mean, they're having a great season. Don't don't yeah, get me yeah. wrong, but you know, kind of reminds me of like the Atlanta Hawks. They were had a fantastic regular season, and then I think they'll just have a drop in the postseason. They'll probably have like a second round exit or something. Toronto's notorious for for like one and done. Not even one of those. They get into the postseason just like all right, we lose. Boston's the team that I'm looking at in the postseason. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Boston scary. That's, that's Boston would be, scare me. Real hot, you. That's that's whoever plays them is is uh that's gonna be an exciting series. So does Cleveland make the uh, make it to the NBA Finals again? Probably the only. I think the only team in their way at this point is the uh, Celtics. Yeah, okay. I think I think in a seven game series, the Celtics have the best chance of beating the Cavs just for teams in the East. 
because obviously the Raptors they in recent recent times they played they beat uh, beat the Cavs and by a buzzer beater well not a buzzer beater but by a last second shot mm-hmm. so did the uh, Celtics but I just think the Celtics have more depth and just all around from top to bottom they play better as a team and I think they they just have a better shot at taking down the Cavs. You don't think the power of Drake in Toronto is going to help them? <laughs> no. You don't think Drake's going to do anything? <laughs> no, I don't. I really feel like if there's any team that's not the Cavs to make it, it would be the Raptors, though. Over the Celtics. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they have a good team, but just in recent years, they just haven't been able to get over that hump. But, uh, yeah, they have, they have a good team. Can't I- take that away. Who's the seventh seed right now in the East? The Bulls. Yeah. The Bulls are the seventh seed. Yeah. <laughs> Toronto yeah. would win that one. I'm not even. I can't. I'm not even going to sit here and actually. Ch- the, the Toronto doesn't match up well with the Bulls for whatever reason. Yeah, you're right. They they, they don't in whatever pa- or all the past series that they've played in recent years, they haven't matched well. And the Bulls have. I don't. Uh, tr- I don't trust the Sears Bulls. I don't know. No. They're too inconsistent for me to trust if them. If there was the a year for Toronto to, to, to beat the Bulls, it would be It'd this, be this year. year. And they but probably would because the Bulls are wildly inconsistent. Yeah, they're just a dumpster fire. Basically. So this would be the year that Toronto wins a playoff series and then they get smacked in the second round, most likely. But, And then if Cleveland were to make it to the NBA Finals, do we really think they're going to beat Golden State? A, a, a full-strength Cleveland Cavalier team. So they get everybody who they did not have in last year's finals back. So a, so a relatively full-strength Cleveland Cavalier team. I would they beat it. the Warriors? Could they? Yeah, they could. 100% could. I don't know if they would. or I don't know if they will, but they definitely have a shot at doing it. Kevin Love, Kyrie, LeBron James, all at full strength. Playing well together, that's... Pretty good. Obviously, the cat. I mean, the Warriors. They have a just ridiculously good team. But so it's hard to say that the Cavs will beat them. But I think the Cavs do have a shot at it. Dan, if if we were to get a finals rematch, how would it look? I think it would be a lot closer than last year. But probably like a seven game series. But I'm still giving it to Golden State. Agent. Yeah, oh, they definitely have a chance. I mean, it's really easy to just fall into the trap and just say, oh, no, Golden State will wipe the floor with them like they wiped the floor with everybody. But, no, it's different. It's different in the postseason, especially in the finals. And then once you get to a seven-game series, you know, you start learning your matchups a lot better. And Cleveland most definitely has a chance to beating uh, Golden State. A a full-strength Cleveland Oh, yeah, a full-strength If you're missing some pieces, then they're, if they miss, if they're missing one of those three, they're yeah. done. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Golden State, they can afford to lose a piece unless it's Draymond Green, which we've talked about before. Right. We we have. So. But um, switching gears, uh, let's go. Let's go to a little bit of baseball now. Uh, one sec before we move on from uh, yeah, go basketball. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I just th- I think the Cavs don't have the best shot at beating the um, the Warriors. I think the best. The team best tooled to beat the cat or the Warriors in a seven game series is the uh, Clippers when they're fully healthy with Blake Griffin. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I'd not, e- not even San Antonio. No, way too slow to beat Golden State. I think Golden State is. I mean, uh, I think 
the Clippers are definitely the best shot to beat the. They do have the that. Warriors. They do have the, like one of the more intense rivalries. The last exactly, few and and with a healthy Blake Griffin in the playoffs, if they meet in the playoffs, I I could see the Warriors losing to the Clippers very easily. And I mean, they have a. I feel like Jeff Green could, could like at least somewhat slow down a Harrison Barnes and a Draymond Green. He'd do a better job than I think Josh Smith would. Yeah, Josh Smith is. He just didn't fit well with the Clippers. Right, and they they clearly made that shown by trading away again. And I mean, you don't want to pull Blake too far out of the blocks on defense either. Yeah, he's he's very he's a he's a good defender, but just I wouldn't I wouldn't want him guarding right. guy at the three point right or anything like that because we know Draymond likes to float. So, but no, we could we could actually talk about that. We could probably possibly even talk about that tomorrow or or sometime soon, really. But the clip, I could see that. And plus, the Clippers and Warriors always produce like the best games every yeah. single time they play. And the Clippers without Blake Griffin right now are amazing. Killing it. They're, right. they're uh, coming on strong, and once Blake Griffin comes back, they're only going to get better. So we think. He's just got to avoid punching people. Yeah. <laughs> so switching gears to baseball real quick, and then we'll bounce back into a little bit of basketball. Because there's some a story that popped up that I kind of want to talk about uh, today, actually, regarding basketball. But the story about baseball is that, so we're all familiar that the USA and Cuba has have reestablished diplomatic relations. Like, we're well aware of that. And the very first thing that popped up in the sports world when that happened was, well, Cuban baseball players are all the rave. The MLB loves Cuba. We've already sent, there's already been a couple camps down there since the diplomatic relations have been, you know, restored, which is awesome. And I've, I saw a couple of stories about it on MLB Network and ESPN, and the stories were awesome. Now we can add a new thing to that, because as of almost an hour ago, it was announced that the Tampa Bay Raves are going to play the Cuban national team on March 22nd in Havana. It will be the first visit to Cuba by any MLB franchise since 1999. So, guys, one, we actually get to talk baseball now. I'm excited. And two, and I'll uh, kick it over to you, uh, Adrian, first. What, is this, what does this do? Like, what the, the magnitude of this game, an exhibition game, yes, but still, the magnitude, what does this do? Baseball is, is it's huge. It's huge in Cuba. It's baseball and boxing. Those are the two sports over there. And, oh, I mean, hopefully, I don't want to get too political because that's that's not what we're about. But, uh, you know, politically it doesn't do much. It does it does more for the, the actual citizens of, of, of the island. Uh, just get, being able to take in live, you know, professional baseball um, is huge. And, I mean... Don't get me wrong; they've got their their fair share of talent over there, but it's totally different when you're talking, you know, Major League Baseball. This is what what a lot of Cubans aspire to play to. So, I mean, I think it's I think it's great. I, I think it's going to be a, a, a great mat or it, it's a great game for both countries to to try and continue bettering that relationship. Um, as far as as you know, there's other issues that the Cuban government still need to work out with with their citizens. But I'm not going to get into that. But as far as relations go, I think this is it, it really helps um, uh, helps to better that that relationship that you know uh, President Obama and, and the United States are 
continue or uh, you know have established last year. And when, it, when it comes to like the 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 sport of baseball though, like the, just the just the uh, and oh sweet the doors open, uh, just the pure magnitude of this game. Like, what does this do for Major League Baseball and the baseball community in Cuba? Like, how big is like just how big is this? Okay, so in your in your opinion, to to put it in perspective, um, you know how big baseball is in the Dominican Republic. Yep, it can be just as big, if not bigger. I mean, who's to say it isn't? It, right, it, we just didn't know. It it is that big. Like the the Cuban National uh, League series. I don't know what the official name of it is, but it it's huge. It, they already they are already uh, reinvolved with like the Caribbean series. That 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 contains the you know the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela. Um, they already compete every winter, uh, and they're involved with that. So it's it's as big as Puerto Rico and in the Dominican Republic. Uh, so to be able to open it up, and to actually uh, work towards making it a smoother transition or or you know easier to work with Cuba is is huge because I mean. Cuban players here are 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 huge. They're big, you know. Puig, Abreu, Jose Fernandez, um, Yonis Cespedes, Aroldis um, Chapman. Um, names are uh, names are blanking. Even going back, Levon Hernandez mm-hmm. won a World Series with the Marlins. El Duque. El Duque, his brother, mm-hmm. uh, with the Yankees. Uh, Not to mention one of the, with, uh, the was it, I think he was on that 05 team. I think I think Orlando Hernandez has two. Yeah, he has two. Yeah, uh, one of the, one of the Yankees, the same, one of the White Sox. Same person, El Duque. Is yeah, Orlando Hernandez. I know. Um, uh, Jose Contreras. Um, yeah. There's there's been countless Cuban players that hopefully what this does is 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 uh, moves that relationship where Cuban players can travel back and forth. I think that's the goal, is so that they can you know work with both countries. Dan, Eric, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I mean, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. it's the first time it's happened since 1999. So, what do you uh, what are you guys' thoughts on this? Uh, I really like it. It's definitely a good thing for baseball and just the both of the countries in general. You know, sports has a way of doing that. You know, breaking out barriers. A lot of times, it has a it's it can be done through sports better than it can just between people talking. You know, it really has a way of working like that so this is definitely a step in the right direction you know and obviously like as he was describing there's um like superstars in the MLB today that are from the ML- from Cuba and with this happening you know we should say that more aren't going to be coming out of there and stuff but with the game it's the Rays you said yep Tampa. the Rays so I mean, it's not like they're, like, one of the better teams. Exactly. It's not like they're, like, a star team, but they're yeah. always conveniently in it. Like, when yeah. it comes to postseason play in the division, they're always in it. So. Sure. It's definitely a good thing for the Rays. They're the team going out to do it. I just, It's a good thing for any team who would be doing it, you know. Just a good spot to be in for the Rays. But just I think it does, does a lot for baseball, but more so outside of baseball, I feel like it's going to have a bigger, a bigger impact. Dan? I mean, yeah, there's not much left to say, but, yeah, it's just going to be huge. Uh, I feel like the players are going to – the players for the Rays are probably going to love going down to Cuba and getting to play. And it's going to have a huge effect outside of baseball, though, which is the connection between the U.S. and Cuba. The more that I think about it, the more that I could think of – because, I mean, 
distance wise, it makes sense. You know, Tampa, Tampa is in Florida. Florida is not that uh, far away from Cuba. Now that I think about it, why not the Miami Marlins? Because we know Miami has has that Cuban population, and they are geographically the closest to Cuba. And I mean, th- I mean, I mean, think about it. Like, if I mean, with the Cuban population in Miami, with those two teams played, even if it is in Havana. Think of all the think of all the fans that would end, end more that would more likely go to Miami games because you know a couple a couple reasons pop to my mind. One reason is for the mere fact that I, I think there might be some Cubans on the team. Mm-hmm. Jose Fernandez pops to mind. So I'm not sure if the team had to have no Cubans on it because you know Cubans aren't really allowed to go right. back. And the other thing is in Miami there's a, a large Cuban population that is conservative and they don't really like interacting with the island right now because of the state the government is in. Right. So there there could be protests that that might be a reason why they went with Tampa. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really you know looked up more information on it just yet. Right. Yeah. But just, I, I mean, I, I'm I not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying like, no, I would no. I would think like geographically and just because of the population in Miami that would make. It would make sense. It would make the most sense. Yeah, I did just look it up. It just said they were like randomly selected, though. Oh, okay. Randomly so. It didn't say how, but yeah, they just said random. They were going to pick a team in Florida. There was no problem. I highly doubt they were going to take pick any other team and just like go well, to Cuba. Uh, Unless it was the Yankees. Yes, yeah. because the Yankees <laughs> because it's the Yankees. The Yankees, <laughs> are, the Yankees are huge. Unless they sent like the, the Cuban population. Unless they sent the Yankees or the Dodgers, they weren't. They. I find a hard time picking. It's like eh, random. So I pick you. But. Yeah, but in terms of the actual game itself, that it would be really exciting because I've always wanted to go to the Caribbean, whether it be in the Dominican or Puerto Rico or Cuba, to see an actual game because it gets crazy. It is. It is. Uh, I, they just had an interview with Salvador Perez and um, um, Carlos Gonzalez, and then Robbie Cano. And they were talking about the difference between playing in their home countries and coming here. And they're like, the crowds here are dead. They they are they are silent. Even when they're yelling, it is not nearly as crazy. There's drums and and I bells remember, and whistles. I remember and dancing. Watching, right. And, even in the World Baseball Classic, and I've even watched a couple of Caribbean series uh, games. <laughs> they go. I feel like I'm watching a soccer game compared to a baseball it's game. Like nuts. they're going nuts. It's fun. It looks awesome, but. Yeah, they're going to play in Havana, uh, which is the home of the Industriales, um, which is the Yankees of Cuba. Cuba. So, and is, that the one gonna... the, is that the one at the uh, really nice stadium that I always see? Cause they, cause, it's a nicer one. Because they've been spotlighting the same stadium every time they talk about baseball in Cuba. And I was like, that's a beautiful stadium. It's a I nice one. The nice one. Okay. <laughs> and they said they're going to pretty it up because President Obama's going to make a trip. I believe oh, it. So, But to me, that's like putting your Band-Aid on a, on a gunshot wound. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just being wow. honest. I mean, I'm not taking away from the talent on the field, but the field they're playing on doesn't necessarily always live up to you know, <laughs> it's not you the just low key. Just ripped the organization's field. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Not even though you just blame. Just like that field sucks. It, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> they play really good baseball, but the field they play on is not very good. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like I usually like. He's like, oh, the team's good. Obama's gonna be there. Field sucks, but uh, hey, Obama's gonna be there. Let's make yeah, it nice. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, President of Cuba, Raul Castro's gonna be there. President Obama's gonna be there. So you gotta make it pretty. It's gonna be one nice picture. That'll be. I could picture it both of them at home plate. That'll be one iconic picture. I just wish it was a better team. Seriously, seriously. Why could it have been a better team? She brought in the, the Mets. Right. Oh, I would. Cespedes. But again, but that, rules. That's the rules, you know. Yeah. Laws, man. See, this is why they should change it. Cuba's <laughs> being dumb right now. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't diss a country like that, but <laughs> they are. No, I mean, come okay. on, just you let the players it. go back and play. Yeah. Give it two years. Simple. Give it two years. I guarantee you that's gonna because like you I mean, ma- they just they just lost their biggest superstar right now. So how many times have we said that? Right. But no, but this guy even like when Abreu and Cespedes and Puig this and all them have to this is the this bigger is, one. This is like their their LeBron James. Now did I he mean, just defect or did he sign with anybody? Or is he now just officially a free agent? I think he's officially a free agent. Wait, who is this? Unieski uh, Guriel, uh, is third baseman. Uh, he has been one of the top players in Cuba for a long time. Unfortunately, he he's a little older. He's like 32. He should have came out. He should have defected. So he only has a few, theoretically, a few years I, in the majors. Yeah, he's early 30s, late 20s. If he's I, late, I just threw if out he, 32. If, if he's late honest. 20s, then he's good. Um, there was a report, actually, in the 2006 World Baseball Classic that he had defected, and then he... He's like, no, that's not true. I'm here, obviously, yeah. in, in Cuba. And then now, 10 years later, he's actually defected. Should have done it 10 years ago. Yeah. But I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find him right now. He and his brother. His brother is an outfielder. His brother's not that good. His brother's okay. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I leave. My brother's got to go. You know, that situation. Right. But Apparently, Puig is changed his attitude which is good that's good he was arrogant (laughs) (laughs) yeah he was oh man um okay so with about 14 minutes left i kind of want to go uh go back to basketball real quick to talk about something that's been popping up and it's just really one big question and the question is What's with all the Steph Curry hate? Like, really? Okay, so we are reaching a point where Steph Curry, like, the reason why so many people like him is because he, he if he walks down the street, he looks like the average man. He's not that tall. He's not that big. He doesn't have the greatest ego. Allegedly, I think that's slow. I think that's kind of changing now. He has a he is a family man. He has a wonderful wife. His daughters are beautiful. He's but on the court. He is arguably the best in the league right now for talking the entire world. I think the title still goes to LeBron James. But he's making the argument that he's the best player in the world. Probably going to win the MVP. Hands down going to win the MVP again. And we still have former players ripping ripping on him. Oscar Robinson's the biggest one. Or not the biggest one, but the most recent one. Say, uh, saying that coaches are just don't know how to coach anymore. You got to get a guy up on him, blah, 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 blah. And this, this, that, the other. And this comes after several, le- like, it's almost as if Steph Curry, I like the caption, UWWTV. That is nice. That is nice. <laughs> that is cool. Um, but 
it's almost as if Steph Curry's become an enigma to NBA legends or past players. They either love him or they not so much can't stand him, but they're just like, he's not that hard to figure out. And I feel like he's become that way for fans, too. They either love him or they hate him. So what gives? Why is why is Steph Curry almost in the realm of LeBron James? You either love him or you hate him land. As far as, like, older generations go, I feel like it's it's like that grandpa like oh the new style i don't i don't like what you're doing this and that because he plays a completely different style of basketball uh as far as you know the older generations go and even the new generations it's it's nobody's really been this three-point heavy i mean even kyle corver was you know putting up threes but to a certain extent um i feel like it's just kind of like that like you know, oh, he's playing this, you know, flashy style where I'm just going to do a little move and then put up a jump shot, and then he makes it. But because his style of play back in the 90s or the, that early 90s, uh, rough and tough. He probably would have been decked yeah, a couple yeah, times yeah. over. Yeah. And, he, right. and he's not that big. Right. So 6'3". But he's he doesn't play big. He no. plays, you know, a finesse style of basketball. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, height-wise, he's the average NBAer. Weight-wise, dude's probably getting like clotheslined a couple times, and if we're talking like old-school NBA. But Dan, why do you why do you think Steph's getting all the hate from legends and fans alike? I think just because like. Uh, which you guys are saying the game has just changed so much. I think, uh, like, uh, I'm trying to think who just dished out some hate. Was it Isaiah Thomas? I think Isaiah Thomas kind of liked him. Oh, I remember. Oscar Robinson's the most recent yeah. one. Like, he literally came out, like, after the buzzer beat. No, it was before the. I think it was, like, the day before he hit that buzzer beat. He was like, it ain't that hard to figure out. Just get a guy on him, get two people on him, learn, I, learn how to coach. I think it's just, yeah, this, this, uh, they're all hating it because, like, no, yeah, exactly. No one's getting on him, and uh, but also, I feel like if we watched uh, like old games back then, you weren't guarding people when they were thirty-seven feet out. So, That's and I, I feel like the fans mostly just are uh, jumping on hating him because now we actually see his like real ego and him dancing all the time. And uh, is this the Cam Newton effect? Yeah. Oh, almost. He's just dancing on him. I mean, like another. Carolina native, <laughs> winning and dancing. Eric, what do you think about this? The about the most recent, like, wave of Steph Curry hate. Uh, I think it's from older players. It's because eighties and nineties basketball, even seventies basketball, was get the ball in the post and back your way down into a basket or setting a hard screen coming off of it and getting a jump shot, something like that. Players like Scottie Pippen, I mean, not Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, if they saw Steph Curry coming to the lane, he was going to hack him to make him earn those free throws. You know, that's not the way the game is played anymore. If that happens, he's probably, the player's probably going to flag it one or two, especially if it's on Steph Curry. So if, I was watching something on ESPN yesterday, and it was... Whatever Rachel Nichols' show is, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, the Bounce or something like that? Something like that. The I'm just jump. glad she's back the on jump. Oh, The Jump. Yeah. I'm just glad she's back on ESPN. Yeah, and it, and they were talking about it, and Tracy McGrady was on there, and he was he was praising Steph Curry. He was saying he was absolutely amazing, and that's something that not a lot of the older players do. And he, 
Tracy McGrady was saying that he personally feels that it's because of that style of basketball that was in the 70s, 80s, and 90s that was not based around a jump shot. It was based around getting to the hoop and stuff like that. And just with the way the game's changing, it's just players not enjoying the style that they're seeing now, but it, I think it's them just not wanting to accept that the NBA style of play changes, and this is just what it's coming to now. It's clearly it's smart because it's working for Steph Curry exceptionally well, and no one can stop him. So I think it's probably unnecessary uh, hate he's getting from older players, but I feel like for people like our age, just normal basketball fans, not people who have played in the NBA, I think people are hating on him just because... Is it is it is it the Cam Newton effect? No, they're hating on him just because he's destroying every team they play, and a lot of people are hating on him just because they're not Warriors fans. And if they're not Warriors fans, it's hard to root for Steph Curry because Steph Curry is just shredding your team. But the thing is, I feel like even if you're not a fan of the Warriors, it's almost again like impossible to hate him. But people are just like, oh, he's dancing too much. He's got that shimmy. Yeah, he's this, he that, the other. It's just kind of just like, I mean, in a way, he kind of deserved to be. Maybe, yeah, he show, is, he, to like he, show a little bit more. Yeah, he deserves to be cocky because he's the most unstoppable player in the NBA. Like, if you say that anything other than that, I feel like you're wrong because clearly he's showing that no matter how you play him, he's gonna he's gonna play better offense and get up a better shot. And really, I think that Steph Curry. I don't think it's this Cam Newton effect because Steph Curry doesn't dance. Yes, he does. As, no, 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 no. Let me finish. He doesn't dance nearly as much as, like, Cam Newton does. And he doesn't celebrate nearly as much as something like that. But he's definitely <laughs> celebrating. You can look at me all you want. But, like, Steph Curry, he hit, he hit that buzzer beater against the, uh, the Thunder. The Thunder, yeah. And he, I mean, he, like, had... he celebrated with his teammates. Like, he went up and jumped by him. And he did a little shit. I'm not going to reenact it because right, I'm not, can't ba- do it well. But. Basically, what he did, I would try to just, I would just talk. He no, did, I know, he, no, I know exactly what he did. I watched, I've, I've right, seen right, everything. Right, but. right, I know you saw it. But, like, for anyone who hasn't seen it, he did his little trademark double double chest point. Did a little, like, shimmy, Bernie lean looking thing. Then he did, like, a little two step. I don't know what you yeah, want to call and I feel it. Like, yeah, I know. And I feel like that was a lot for Steph Curry. Because I feel that's like. That's the most I've seen him do. Exactly. And that's the thing. And obviously, after that shot, you're going to be pumped more than probably he's ever been in his career, except for maybe after winning the finals. Just because. Mm-hmm. Other than winning the finals, that was probably the biggest shot he's hit in his career just because it was such an amazing shot. So, yes, he deserves to be dancing and stuff like that, but that's a different circumstance than making a three in the third quarter with ten minutes left or something like that, you know? Right. So, and I feel like his celebrations and stuff like that are just not, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm trying to get words Extreme. out of it. not the dab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, a, they're not the dab, but... It's just a uh, chest pound and a point to the point to the sky. That's not like a. I don't think that's not even a dance. I don't that's even think anyone a, has a problem with that. I think exactly, it's anything yeah. after he does. That was like and whoa. It's, and it's not like he's doing that all the time. You know, he's obviously hit pound the chest and stuff like that, and point to the sky because that's a signature thing to do after a shot. But he's not doing the Bernie like he was a little bit after every after every bucket he scores. He's doing that after the ones that definitely deserve dancing so i feel like people are hating on steph curry too much but 
I don't. Yeah, I think the players that are hating on him that used to play in the NBA, they're just they're just not recognizing that the game of the NBA, the way the game is played, is just changing completely. So. I don't have a problem with him dancing. I mean, it's. I mean, if he's if he starts going like cr- like crazy with it, you know, like does it like after every big shot, it's kind of just like, all right, calm down. We get it. You can hit it from anywhere. You you can hit it the moment you walk into the building. Chill. But I mean, if that's the extreme, if that is the most extreme we're gonna get from Steph Curry after he hits a big shot, I'll take it. I'll take it. I don't see. Wh- and I feel like he, I feel like he partially did that because the day before Oscar Robinson was just like, "Dude, you ain't that good." I literally feel that was the reason why he kind of did. He broke that out. But uh, any last minute things about Steph before we go into extended final thoughts? Anything? Is like the hate only? Uh, oh, grandma, train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, I just completely blanked. <laughs> I had a good thought, and then I just completely blanked on it. It's all good. About it happens. Oh, it happens. It happens. Uh, just one more thing. I think Steph is could be injured the rest of the season and come back to play the first game of the playoffs, and he would still win the MVP by a landslide. That's Probably. Like I think Steph Curry this year is going to be the first unanimous MVP of the NBA. No one else has been unanimous ever. No, I think I think. Oh, there's with, no. Oh, he's hands down yeah, taking like it's, unanimous. If you're if you're voting for anyone else for MVP, you're just petty. Yeah, you're just not recognizing that Steph Curry is unstoppable, and you just it's probably people who are voting against him are just upset that either a he's not on his team or b they just want their player. The players they like to be MVP. True, true. All right, let's go into final thoughts. We have a couple minutes left. So, Eric, you want to start us off? Uh, no, you should start somewhere <laughs> else so I can get one. All right, wait, I, I, I remember my thought now. All right. So is, is he getting so much hate because he like he hasn't had a full uh, career of this? It's only been... I mean, probably. He start, He never started yeah, like a, a year league. year or two of just flash. Right. Yeah, everyone, it might. I feel like that probably is, right? Yeah. yeah. I think once he has like his whole career like this, everyone's going to forget about the hate. Is that is that going to be your final thought? That's going to be my final. Oh, thought. All right. All right. Cool. Adrian. My final thought. Oh man. Um I know oh, it's been a while since you've done this. Yeah, Do you remember? Past su- <laughs> <laughs> this past Sunday was the Oscars. Did you all watch it? I saw a little bit. Yeah, I'm in the minority that thinks that Leo didn't deserve that Oscar. Really? Well, that's... Uh, just g- give me a second. <laughs> I think he should have two Oscars already. Okay, yes. But I I wasn't a fan of The Revenant, so that's why. I've, I have not seen it yet. So. It was a beautifully shot movie, but I just thought it was slow. Real quick, who should have won that category? Eddie Redmayne. What was he in? The Danish Girl. Is that movie good? Yes. Alright. Eric, you have a final thought now? Yes, two uh, really quick ones. Uh, first, uh, Mario Williams, released by the Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a free agent. Maybe the Packers <laughs> looking to... <laughs> maybe the Packers <laughs> looking to go get someone, and then... Another one, Kirk Cousins got the franchise tag, and he's making, I think, <laughs> next year he'll make, I think, Why? like, either five or six times as much money this year as he did his entire career. I would rather take the chance in the, in the draft. 
Meh. I think they. I think they got to keep them. But uh, why do you think that? Oh, I don't. I'm not a fan of Kirk Cousins. I have 15 seconds, so <laughs> I need. <laughs> you don't like that. <laughs> you would say that. Anyways, you guys just heard a hog talk. Tune in tomorrow, five to six, for some more sports talks with the usual people. Me being one of them. See you tomorrow, everybody. Have a great night.